Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here and once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up podcast listeners, digital agency owners. I am really excited to have you guys here with us today. We're going to be talking with Barbara Canero, who's a graduate of our 10K Bootcamp program and also a mentor of our program. So we'll be talking a little bit about that stuff today, but uh, mostly focused on Barbara's truly amazing and transformational story and all the things that she's learned uh, over the last two years to help her really accelerate and grow her digital agency called Word Revolution, which is actually a communication agency for Christian ministries. And she's got a new project called 412 Lab, which is a training program for church communication. So it's really cool to see uh, the focus that Barbara has been able to bring to her market and also the mentorship she's brought to our community. And she's actually gone on to now launch a, a masterclass for our, our our graduate programs for those folks that go through boot camp, and uh, hopefully she'll talk a little bit about that as well. So we're really excited to welcome Barbara Canero to our program. It's nice to be here. Thank you. You gave one of uh, what I'd consider one of the most interesting and uh, emotional presentations at one of our events we had in Denver for our community, and you talked about in this presentation where your business was at in. Uh, October of 2014, which is actually before you you joined Bootcamp. And in there, there's, there's the, a moment in the presentation where you say that you were selling $800 websites. <laughs> That's right. It sounds very far away, but it's true. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about selling $800 websites. What, is, what, what does that feel like and what was kind of going on in your world at that time? Ah, I'm talking about feelings. Let me tell you, there were times where I just didn't have time for feelings because it was such a, you know, um, a roller coaster of um, having a lot of clients that go through your process. And at the same time, you know, they're paying you very little. Um, And we become just this machine. It was literally like, tell me what you need, how many pages, how many forms, and we'll just build this thing as fast as we can. Because again, I couldn't invest any time being on a phone call with you. I couldn't invest any time sending you a fancy proposal. Um, you weren't even paying me for that. So I, you know, I had to do as much as I could in, in a very fast uh, pace. And so um, I, I honestly feel like I was giving my, my clients a good quality product at the end, but I don't feel like I was serving them well, if that makes sense. Why do you think you were charging so little for the work that you were doing? Uh, definitely fear. Uh, I feel like there are moments where I considered raising my prices at the end of the year, which is something that most people would expect. <laughs> and uh, I thought, you know, it's going to be fine. They're not going to say anything about it. Like, who doesn't raise their prices every every year? And there's always this bit of fear in me that thought, oh, man, if I, if I add another $100, $200, I'm going to start losing clients. Um, and uh, there's also the fear of je- rejection. Like, how do I deal with a no? Uh, and it's not because I couldn't deal with a no. I just didn't know how to go about it. I really had no clue how to maybe speak with the client and say, you know, this is why the price is higher. Or this is why we want to charge you this much. Or even beyond the pricing itself, uh, just talking about their needs, for example. You know, so I, I had this, um, I think fear is definitely the big um, 
thing I can point to when it comes to sticking to a price that was too low. In some projects, we would lose money. Um, and my, my excuse to myself was always, well, next time we do something for them, we'll make money then, <laughs> you know? Where and why did you even get into web in the first place? Um, it was very accidental. Uh, I've, I've always had this, um, I guess, eye for design. Uh, I always liked design. I always been surrounded by art in my life and um, worked at a marketing company. Actually, that was my last uh, job, <laughs> official job. And I remember sitting next to a designer just literally saying, no, 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 more to the left, more to the right, more to the left. And I'm thinking, man, I'm designing this thing. I just don't know how to operate the tools. You know, I just didn't know how to use the, the software that they were using. And that intrigued me. So um, once I decided to, to leave that job, I dedicated my time to really learning, um, you know, did a lot of uh, course and instructions. And I, I had a lot of um, it, even private teachers because I was so eager to learn. Um, and, and then I thought, great, I can start doing my own websites for my own business, whatever that is that I'm going to do. And the minute you look, you have a portfolio and people start asking you for stuff. Um, so that's why I say it was very accidental. Um, I just had friends and people that knew me asking me for websites and suddenly I realized, man, this is actually working, you know, like, um, and I think that's why when you postpone, you know, you look at, uh, you know, seven years later, um, I still had those skills. I had the design skills. I had the eye for design, but the business skills were not there. Like there's something that was missing. <laughs> so. So without business skills at the time, how were you coming up with this idea that the work you were you're building or these websites you were building, how did you even come up with the fact that they should be $800? Where, where did that come from? Um, I initially started on Elance, uh, which I think is a, a common route for some uh, people in my industry. I was working from a different country back then. I was in Brazil. And so for me, Initially, my prices were low, but compared to just what other people were posting on Elance, I was just me competing, really. It was, it was like a gambling game, <laughs> game for me. It was like, okay, if you're saying 500, I'm going to put 480, you know? Um, and that was just a matter of gaining that client. It, for me, it was just this, like, I just need to get this one, and then the next one, and then the next one. Um, so my, my price reference had nothing to do with the work I was doing as much as it was, I just need to win this bid. Um, and even though I did raise over time, it was a very, very slow pace. I mean, it was never annually. Uh, and, uh, sometimes the way I would justify to my clients was, for example, when we start doing more responsive websites, I start saying, well, if you want responsive, it's going to be more. Um, and that's how I little by little as technology was changing, I was able to, to push the price up. Uh, but something still got, had me stuck in that 800 range uh somehow so do you think your clients liked the low prices you offered or do you think that they wanted more from you at the time and you just weren't able to give it due to this fear you know when you're selling websites for that low uh the mix of clients you get is is very wide so for example i had those clients that really value my work they just weren't paying more because I wasn't asking for more. And they were ready to pay more if I did. Mm. They were ready to, to follow my process if I had one. They were ready to say, okay, what do you think, Barbara, instead of me telling you what, what you should do, um, where others were coming exclusively for the price. Um, and so 
going through the process of then saying, you know what, I just need to get out of this commodity box. I really need to change something about my business allowed me to filter my clients in a very healthy way because I didn't have to fire anybody. I didn't have to say, hey, I'm no longer going to work with you. Um, because the truth is, it wasn't a personal issue. I, I wasn't facing my clients thinking, I don't want to work with you because I don't like you. It was just a matter of saying, I really want to serve you differently. I want to provide you with a different service. And maybe we're not a good fit anymore. Maybe what I, I can offer you now is not what you want. And so we decided to part ways with several clients in a very, very healthy way. Um, you know, So that for me was a good thing as well. At the time when you were doing $800 sites. I mean, I can only imagine trying to live off of $800 per project and the amount of work you're telling me that you put into each one of these projects. Was it just you in the business at that time or were there other mouths to feed? So in that moment, we already had about eight people in my team. (laughs) Yeah. So most of my people were from out of the country, uh, which, you know, gives me some peace of mind because um, I was able to leverage the the exchange rate compared to other countries, but they were all full time. Um, I wasn't, you know, rotating contractors or hiring just based on um, on the workload that we had. Uh, obviously, our workload was very busy all the time. We did have a lot of referrals coming our way, and you know, hint hint, because the price was so low and the quality was good. Obviously, you're going to have a lot of people coming your way. Um, so we didn't have a problem with the influx of clients. That was never an issue. Um, but every now and then you're stuck with projects that were stuck in, you know, the content nightmare. Client will never send you content. And so what happens when you can't cash that second check because the project was never really delivered? So basically you did all the work for 400 and you never went live, um, which is even worse. So obviously every now and then you would, you would fall on these. Uh, scope creep was another one because we didn't really outline scope very clearly as much as it was just, you know, number of pages and forms. And, you know, unless it was something far more elaborate, like a database type work, we wouldn't really go into any details about, you know, things like JavaScript or rotators were very common back then. And uh, even some flash animations, things like that, that your client would come and say, well, but I want this, or I want that, or um, I actually need more pages. And, you know, Little by little, you start seeing the scope of the project increase without you being able to control it. I'm always really interested to understand kind of the rest of the story. So you've got this business, eight mm-hmm. contractors that are remote, $800 projects. Sounds like you were churning out a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> what did that mean for your life outside of your business? There was no life outside of business. <laughs> That's the biggest problem, and I think that was the biggest trigger for me. Um, money is important, and you, you need to have enough to you know at least pay your people, pay yourself, and, and, and a few other things here and there. Uh, but um, what really got me into a place of saying I need to change something about my business was the lack of time. I did not have time at all for my family. It was extremely hard to get a Saturday off. And um, very often you'd see me working on a Sunday as well. Um, no such thing as holidays or vacation. It was always, you know, it's it's a factory. So if the factory stops, you know that whatever you're going to receive is going to take another day to, to receive. And, um, and, and those are the conditions that I was working under, um, you know starting to have kids, was married at some point in time after I started my business. And, 
you realize that there's just something out of whack. You know, you need, I need to fix this. This is not healthy for me, uh, for my body, for my relationships, for my family. And, and so, um, time was, was by far the biggest thing that was lacking in my life. How did your family feel about your business? Oh man, it's a, that's a tough one because, you know, it it hits right there in the spot. (laughs) And, uh, um, I know my kids, uh, especially my oldest, because she was the one that went through most of, of this uh, time of just trying to get things done. Um, she really saw my computer as my competitor, as, as her competitor. So computer was a competition for her. It, it's either mom pays attention to me or pays attention to her computer. Uh, and, and, you know, very often my husband would be talking to me and all he saw was the back of my screen. Um, and again, I was still listening, but I was always multitasking. It was never we rarely had time to simply sit down and talk. And if we did, my mind was elsewhere. You know, it's always um, thinking about, oh, man, I could be finishing yet another page. I could be <laughs> sending you another email. Um, and even if you want, it's hard to relax. And people can notice that, like especially your, your family. They can notice you're not relaxed. So um, taking time off was always hard Um, and although having your own business is great because you can take your computer anywhere and you can take, you know, as long as you have internet, you can continue to work, but that can also become a curse really fast because there's not a a moment where I can go with them to the beach for three days and not have my computer with me. Um, and that's hard. That's hard to deal with. It's hard. It's a, a hard moment, uh, when you realize, man, this is what all I've been doing all this time, you know? Although I love my work, let me put that out there. And I think that's why it was so hard because, um, you know, when you love what you do, it's a lot easier to keep pushing. Mm. I think you, um, the internet entrepreneurial American dream, it's like you can work 80 hours a week from anywhere and and that's not really what you want. You want something that's different from that. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Why do you think just going through that experience for yourself, why do you think you got caught kind of in that cycle of on one hand, you were scared to raise your prices because you thought your clients were going to, you know, not work with you anymore. You thought the the spigot was going to turn off. But then on the other hand, you're giving up your most precious resource, which is your time. And you're giving up your nights, you're giving up your weekends, you're giving up your, your family, essentially. Why do you think you got caught in that cycle? Um, well, first you have the, the, the burden of having to pay for people. Right. <laughs> and I didn't want to let, let my people go. Um, I didn't want to tell them, Hey, we're going to take a month off. Um, and so for me, I always had this idea of as long as we keep the influx of clients coming in, I'll be able to afford them and I won't have to let them go. And, um, I do have this, I'm very passionate about, us working as a team and not having people rotating often. Uh, just my personal preference. I, I, I want to work with people that really um, understand what I do, why I do it, and, you know, agree with it. So uh, because of that, I always felt like I need to have this influx of people coming in. But the problem was I didn't recognize that I was my biggest bottleneck. And so I was the person that knew what happens next. I was the person that knew, okay, once this is done, this is what we do because they were doing their own production. But like, think about a factory. That's exactly how it worked. You know, um, once they, they finish their part, they would move it on to the next section and they would focus on the next task. And they like the project itself, the project management, the big, the, the big picture view 
was only in my mind. And so I couldn't take that time off because if I would take that time off, then everything would stop. Uh, and uh, it, it was the weight of responsibility that kept me going in that cycle of endless, you know, <laughs> struggle. It, it's knowing I'm responsible for their payments and I'm responsible for what I promised my clients I would do. And I feel like, you know, having that weight on my shoulders um, just didn't allow me to just say, well, you know what, let's just take a week off. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that yeah. that burden, that responsibility is pretty common with entrepreneurs and agency owners. Let's, um, let's fast forward real quick to today. Mm-hmm. What does your business look like? Paint us a picture. Okay. Uh, today it looks very different. Uh, thankfully I can say that, um, I no longer work crazy hours. So let me start with that uh, because I do believe that was by far the biggest change that occurred. So my schedule now is from 10 to five. Um, uh, in the morning I take some time for personal devotional time. So I, I don't have anything scheduled until 10, 10 in the morning. Um, after five, I pick up my kids, bring them home. And unless there's something that really requires my attention, um, I won't get my computer again at night. So, uh, I no longer work on Saturdays or Sundays and every now and then we take some time off. So it's really fun to be able to, um, you know, I'll tell you just fast Christmas, for example, um, we went to visit my in-laws for five days and I didn't do a line of work, like not even an email. So it was really, really good to have that peace of mind. Um, from a money perspective, um, we pretty much tripled our revenue from 2014 to 2015. And we also had some growth in 2016 as well compared to 2015. So in terms of money, it's definitely in a better place. Uh, but again, I, I feel like time is by far the biggest benefit I got out of this, uh, you know, changes that I made in my business. Uh, and then there's something else that I have to add is really the people around me. Um, and this is, two, I, I guess, threefold. My team, uh, we're now far more collaborative. Uh, we really care for each other a lot more. I've created more avenues for communication, um, you know, just using tools that were already available to me before. I just never had the time to even set them up. <laughs> so Having extra time now allowed me to invest more in my team. So it, it's been amazing. We're now um, actually just uh, got our new uh, team member this morning. So we're up to 15 now. So pretty much doubled the Congratulations. Team. Yeah, thank you. And uh, uh, my clients, uh, I absolutely love working with every single client we have. It's been an amazing um, last two years for us, uh, really working with amazing people that really value what we do and it's nice to be a part of their mission. You know, it's almost like I feel like I'm helping them do what they do. What kind of projects are you doing? Obviously we talked about your $800 uh, mm-hmm. website factory that you were doing. How yeah. has that changed on a much more specific level uh, on a per project kind of average revenue size, but also mm-hmm. uh, the relationship that you have with your clients? Uh, the relationship is amazing. Uh, what I like is that we're now in a place where I can dedicate time to my clients. I can actually, you know, sit with them in a meeting and call them and answer their questions when they have them instead of just dismissing them or saying, you know, just send me this over email because I really don't have time to speak to you for 15 minutes. Um, and it wasn't because I wanted to be rude before. It's just because I really didn't have more time in my day. I wish I had. So, 
uh, that has been huge. But um, project-wise, uh, right now, our, and I, I say this, um, that we found a sweet spot because we've done projects that are larger and we've done projects that are smaller, but our sweet spot has been between eight and 12,000. Um, mostly because of our offering and um, the type of help we want to give our clients. So, for example, one thing we don't do is um, we don't focus on traffic generation. Um, although we do have that capability through a company that, that works with us, um, that's not part of my initial offering to my clients. So um, I've been focusing more on what we do best, and um, we have found that most of our projects now are between 8 and 12. I'd Which say ten, ten, times. Ten, 10 times what you were doing before is a pretty sweet right. deal. Right? That's why I said it's a sweet spot. <laughs> One of the things you just said that I love and I just want to kind of highlight is this idea that when your client invests more in the project, essentially invests more in you as the company, the service provider, the agency, you mm-hmm. get to invest more in them, which creates a much better outcome for everybody. Like you're happier, they're happier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're probably more likely to drive better results for your clients. Um, has that shift for you been something that you just have kind of gotten addicted to or you want to do more of? Like, has that become a, a big deal for you? Yeah, so results, um, our, our main goal with every project that we bring in is to, to make them a conversion-oriented website. So our focus is to move clients from informational websites to conversion websites. Um, and that's why, you know, before I could sit on $800 websites and being informational because all we're doing was putting code together and copying and pasting content. Um, I mean, it, it obviously takes more than that. But my point was we weren't really putting more into it. It was just a matter of coding something and then putting the content the client would send you. And obviously not every client has a good copywriter or content strategist in their, in their um, team. And so... Most of our clients hate doing copy. I mean, I mean, who does, right? Unless that's what you do for a living. Most people don't want to spend time doing that. And I always ran away from that. I always thought, no, no, you do your own content. It's your company. And we decided that we can actually give them a better service by helping them, taking that burden away and actually helping them build copy that converts. So our websites now focus on that. That's where I found the biggest um, value that we can bring them. And that obviously changes the conversation because I'm helping my clients with something they don't want to do. I'm transforming their website into something something that is just informational into a tool that can actually convert for them. Um, and just by doing that, we see a lot of great results. I mean, we've had clients in the past that would have, I don't know, two people sign up uh, a month you know, for their newsletter or their whatever their um, call to action was. And just by changing the website into a conversion-oriented um, website, they're able to start getting like 20 a week. <laughs> so it's like a huge increase. We are able to save, um, uh, you know, like save a client of ours uh, $15,000 in fees just by changing the way we're doing their fundraisers. Um, so there's there are things like that that we can look back and say, man, this was a huge win for our clients. Uh, but those happen in conversation. It, it, it doesn't happen by accident. It happens because we intentionally sit down with a client, ask them the right questions, identify those goals, and then work from there. So I used to say that I was selling $800 websites before. Now I'm selling tools that will help you convert, engagement tools. Um, so that's my view on you know what I'm giving my clients today. 
I feel like you have learned a new language or totally changed the frame of conversation you have with your clients now. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. And I feel like they can see the difference as well. I mean, before we wouldn't talk, that's the reality. It's a sad reality, but that's how we, mm. we were working. It's like, send me an email with what you need. Uh, and, uh, I'll, I'll send you a price back. I mean, my, my proposals and I'm doing like the, you know, <laughs> quotation marks now, like my proposals were simply, this is how much it's going to cost you. Let me know if you want to proceed. And how's it? Nothing else. Very sad. <laughs> so sounds like textbook order taking versus consultative right. selling. Uh, it was more like a tweet, a proposal type thing. <laughs> I only have 140 characters to say it. <laughs> so, <laughs> how does your family feel about your business now? Ah, oh, that's a huge difference. And and um, I'll tell you one big difference for us. I mean, it's in the little things, right? Uh, you know, nowadays uh, my kids have swimming on a Tuesday, on a, I'm sorry, on a Friday and um, Friday afternoons, I'm not in the office every week. I'll take them out and then we'll, they go swimming and, and then we'll come home. So uh, it's non-negotiable for me. I don't schedule anything for Fridays. Um, my daughter's birthday was last Monday and, uh, you know, it was um, uh, a holiday for schools. It was not a holiday for businesses, but I took the day off, like completely. I didn't touch my computer. Um, and just for her to know that I can spend the whole day with her because it's her special day, that is priceless. You can't put a tag to it. You know, you cannot put a, a number to how much that is worth. Um, and in previous years, I probably would have been working until 6 PM until the very last minute to pick her up at school or at a babysitter. And then, Hey, let's have cake. And you know, that was it. Uh, so now there's a huge difference. Um, it's very common for us to spend the nights playing with Play-Doh or Legos. Uh, I mean, we hmm. just built a whole bunch of Legos yesterday. And, and you know what? I love it. I love it because it gives me a little, like a, a little bit of a, it's like, let me refresh my mind. I feel like I'm a better entrepreneur now as well because I'm able to dedicate more time to, you know, like even my brain to think of different things. So, um, that is huge. And same thing for my husband and he travels quite a lot. So before traveling was always stressful, um, because every time he's out, we would have to hire a whole bunch of babysitters or people to help where now I simply say, don't worry, I'll take it. You know, if you're out, I'll take them <laughs> and it's great. Uh, and, uh, when the kids get sick, there's no conversation. We no longer struggle with who's going to stay home, who can afford to spend the morning in the house without working. And for me, it's always a moment where I say, I'll take them, um, which I always wanted to do, but sometimes my business wouldn't allow it. I think that's a really cool part of entrepreneurship in general. Just It's so exciting to be in a position to create that abundance in your life and to go from, your, from where you are at, like to go from something that is such a scarce resource like time and mm -hmm. money into a situation where those resources become much more abundant. And just like you said, moving from a, uh, a have to, I have to stay home with the kids because there's no other option or I have to hire a babysitter too. I get to stay home with my kids when they're sick because I am yeah. able to do that. Yeah. And, and that, that's, that's one of the things that I can really appreciate about where I am right now in my business and I know my family will appreciate that as well. I mean, in fact, um, we're expecting our third. So uh, this is going to make a fun 2017. Congratulations <laughs> on that. So you triple your business over a couple of years. And not only that, but you go from 
what sounds like 60 to 80 hour weeks, no family time, no personal time, et cetera, to 35 hours a week. Mm-hmm. What else did you do over the last couple of years that helped you to do that? Was it just simply raise your prices and you're all good from there or was there more to that? Oh, there's definitely more to that. So um, I can really say that one of the biggest um, improvements uh, or, or actually was the first time implementation that we did was uh, documenting our processes. Uh, like I said, I was I was our, our bottleneck. You know, everything came through me and I had to then define, okay, what happens next? What goes where? Who does what? What is due when? And your brain can only handle so much. Um and even if you can't handle more, it's just, you know, not very uh, wise to, 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 to carry all that information. So we started documenting our processes. Uh, and again, it's one of those things like you always want to do, you know, like this is what I will do if I have time, but you never have time. So it automatically falls into the to-do list for 2024, <laughs> you know. So for me, having the time to sit down and just say, what does my process look like? How do I want it to function if I could just pick? If I could be like in a perfect world, what would my process look like? And I was able to document it in, in detail. Um, and I mean, right now we have about um, 12 processes fully, fully documented. Everything from web design, logo design, branding, um, email marketing campaigns. And, I mean, you name it. We've been even webinars. Uh, I haven't done one webinar yet and I have my whole webinar process put together. Um, so basically going from, um, my desires, you know, like how do I want this to be? What do I want my experience for my clients to be? I want them to receive this email when they join this email, when we have the kickoff meeting, I want them to, uh, to have these, uh, alerts for the weekly meetings. I want them to know that our quality and assurance has 30 items, you know, like I want them to know everything. And uh, by the way, that has helped me sell projects. Because clients know, okay, these guys are not trying to wing it. They've done it before. Mm. Um, this has helped me streamline projects. So one of the biggest um, things that I've noticed this past year was we were delivering projects faster than before. Still doing the exact same tasks. So nothing was cut off from that list except that we, we, we became more efficient in our production. Um, and so projects that would take about... 12, 13 weeks are now taking nine to 10, which means that I'm more profitable because I'm able to do the same project for the same amount in less time. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So that was another big thing that we noticed in 2016 uh, for the most part. So documenting those processes was fundamental in many different ways. That's awesome. What's one thing that's exciting you about your business right now? I have to be honest with you, my team growing. Uh, it's really exciting. Uh, I, on, there's a moment in time where I thought, you know, I just need the people I need and that's it. And uh, little by little, we've been growing our team, um, getting excellent talent and, and just really um, working together for something greater. Uh, that has been by far the most exciting thing. We just welcome a new team member this morning and we do a gift party. So you, you have to find a funny gift <laughs> to welcome that that person into the team. So we do some funny stuff to onboard you. Uh, <laughs> that is yeah. so awesome. I love so, that. Yeah. So we bring them on Slack and we do a gift party and it could be, I mean, we could be on it for 30 minutes, but, uh, you know, we really have fun together now where before it was just this like, here's your to-do list and get it done and don't bug me where, where now we really work 
collaboratively and we have fun together. We, we share prayers together. We share, you know, struggles of whatever's going on in your life. We really help each other. Um, when, when things happen, because, you know, we all have families and things happen. Um, and that has been by far the best part is, uh, one per- person today was like, I lost track how many of us are out there. And I was like, great, that's a good thing. That means we're growing. <laughs> so that's really cool, Barbara. Congratulations on, on that and all the success. I'm, I'm so excited about your vision for your company and how that's changing your life and, and also how you're changing the lives of so many of our our community members, and, and we're really thankful for that. Thank you. Yeah. Are you ready for lightning round? Let's do it. All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? <laughs> You're going to recognize this one. I don't sell a commodity. That was it. I assume I'll recognize that because it's it's from from boot camp and, and it's, it's definitely from you. One, of our, <laughs> one of our manifesto items. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Um, when I think about habits, it's kind of a funny answer because I, I don't feel my, like I'm a person of habit. So it's hard for me to say, man, I do this every day, you know. But um, since going through boot camp, I've been setting aside Fridays for working on my business. And that has become a habit somehow. Um, I don't have any client calls. I don't have any meetings with anybody. It's been that day when I can simply dream what's next. What am I going to do next? And what are we doing now? And how can we grow? And, you know, and sometimes it's not even about growth. It's just about how can we be better at what we do? Yeah, I love that. I know, I know a lot of uh, boot campers have uh, taken that as something that uh, I think John Hinshaw originally was the one that Mm-hmm. said he did that and then you know then it was like Devin and then it was like a bunch of other people like set aside a whole day just to work on the business which is really cool yeah. i think in client services it can be easy to let your clients overrun your entire calendar so that's that's awesome yeah can you share an internet resource a tool something like evernote uh, that you use that you think would be valuable to our listeners um there's one app that i like it's called charlie app uh i believe it's only for iphone sorry about that for those of you that don't use <laughs> iphones uh, but uh, it it basically syncs with your calendar and sends you re- a report on the people that you're going to meet with. You know, finds out information uh, about you know that company in the news and things like that. So before I meet with anybody, I receive this report at the beginning of my day and before the call. Um, that just it, it's a refresher uh, of information about that person, especially for new clients or qualification calls. It's really amazing. So I love that. It's mm-hmm. easy to. Uh, fantasize about spending time to research people before you meet with them or go <laughs> hang out with them or, or whatever, but to know that there's a little hack to get all that information without having to do yeah. that work is, is really cool. Mm-hmm. What's a, uh, a book that you'd recommend and why? Um, believe it or not, I've read this book already twice, and it's Running Lean by Ash Moria. And um, since I started doing uh, you know lean canvases, again, another thing that we learned from... Um, uh, bootcamp, um, I've been fascinated by it. Uh, and that's one thing we do a lot for our clients. So I actually spend a significant amount of time going through his book. Um, and just really, uh, you know, mastering those principles, understanding from in a way that becomes second nature to me. Like I want to explain a lean canvas and understand how you can start lean and how you can have an MVP, (laughs) Mm. uh, to a client without, without being like, well, you know, so it was really, uh, for me, it was a great book. And for somebody that is a perfectionist, um, 
and a procrastinator, <laughs> to have to live with MVPs has always been a struggle uh, because it's never ready, it's never good enough. So for me to go through those principles and understand, you know what, this is good enough for now so I can start actually collecting something out of it. So, you know, that was the reason why I, I think I've devoured that book twice already. So, And I always love your post in our mastermind community about pushing folks to imperfect action. And, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I think that's a, a fundamental idea there that we present from, from programs. That's really cool. Yeah. I think that's more for me than for them though. <laughs> you. <laughs> you know, go imperfect, you know, preaching to myself, but <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. So, uh, how can our audience find out more about you and is there anything else that, uh, you'd like to tell or tell people you got going on? Um, yes. So, uh, my website is wordrevolution.com and, um, you can reach me by, by, by email, which is barbara at wordrevolution.com, not world. So it's W O R D revolution.com. And, um, the next thing going on is actually the discovery masterclass. So for anybody that has graduated from bootcamp, um, we have a uh, sales discovery masterclass available and, um, that's what I've been busy with. Prior to you doing bootcamp, were you even doing discovery? I mean, I wouldn't ask them any questions except for a number of pages. So if that counts as discovery, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not sure asking a client how many pages their sites need to be qualified right. as what you do is what count as discovery. So um, very cool. So I know a lot of folks are, are excited that that's coming uh, back and uh, for those that, that miss it the first time around. So really, really very cool. And uh, Barbara, I just I thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Uh, I know you're busy. Uh, I know you have a lot of things going on. Congrats on your your 15th team member. That is so cool. And uh, congratulations to all the amazing success you've had over the last couple of years. I feel like we could just talk for hours. Uh, and we'd love to have you, uh, of course, come back on our uh, our podcast sometime in the future to, just to do a, a check-in and, and see how things are progressing. Because I, I feel like so many folks resonate with your story every time I share uh, talks you've done in our in-person events with people. They just tell me how much they appreciate the, mm -hmm. the, the raw truth that you deliver uh, in, in telling your own story and that openness you have. So just thank you so much for hanging out with us today. You got it. Thank you.